Radio. You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. It's 11 o'clock at night. It's dark. You're sitting in front of the mirror getting ready for bed. There's nobody else in the house. You see something move in the corner of your eye. You glance to your right, but you don't see anything. Another minute goes by, and you think you see movement again. So you slowly turn to your left, but again, the room is empty. You turn back around, and staring you face to face in the mirror is a cat. You jump back, because you don't have a cat, and there's no cat in the room. But there he is, staring at you in the mirror. Welcome to Paranormal Pets, where you can always expect the unexpected. Each week, we'll discuss all aspects of weird or spiritual animal encounters, ghosts, totems, psychic animals, animal souls, animal angels, and animals in religion, with a little cryptozoology thrown in. Now, step into the supernatural world of pets with your Paranormal Pets ghostly host, Dusty Rainbolt. Welcome to Paranormal Pets on Pet Life Radio, where the unexpected is expected and strange animals are the norm. Hi, I'm Dusty Rainbolt, your guide into the unknown. Thanks for joining us. Today we'll be visiting with Kim Sheridan, the author of Animals in the Afterlife. But first it's time for Bizarre Animal News. For a few short weeks recently, Bigfoot aficionados could say with certainty, Yes, Virginia, there is a Sasquatch. When two Georgia men claimed to have Yeti's cousin on ice, literally, cop Matthew Whitten and car salesman Rick Dyer led a Bigfoot tracking expedition in Georgia, and I'm not talking the Georgia and the Ukraine area, that they claim yielded the actual body of a Bigfoot. Now, we should have gotten the joke when we realized it was told by a car salesman, and that's no offense to you legitimate vendors of automotive excellence. These guys weaved a convincing tale of finding the elusive creature's carcass near a body of water. These guys weaved a convincing tale of finding the elusive creature's carcass near a body of water. They also claimed they were trailed by three other Bigfoots. They sold their bill of frozen goods to Bigfoot researcher Tom Biscardi. Now, Biscardi's been searching for the North American creature since 1971. According to these guys, their amazing find was male, stood 7 foot 7 inches tall, weighed over 500 pounds, had both human and ape-like features, red hair, black-gray eyes, and wore a size 24 shoe. Well, okay, they didn't say he wore a 24 shoe, but his footprint supposedly measured 16 and 3 quarters inches by 5 and 3 quarters inches at the heel. The whole bit was a load of dingo's kidneys. DNA testing on some of the tissues showed the animal to be part possum and part human. Now, I realize it's Georgia, but that's an image I don't want in my brain. The other so-called DNA was rubber. The hairy stiff, it turns out, was a Bigfoot costume stuffed with dead possum and entrails from a slaughterhouse. The pranksters froze the Halloween costume and sold the cryptozoology world a bill of October surprise. Or maybe that should be Halloween surprise. By the way, Witten and Dyer are co-owners of BigfootTracker.com and Bigfoot Global, a company that offers Bigfoot expeditions. Well, good luck there. The hoax started out as a YouTube video. Witten told one reporter, we're all about having fun, but the joke backfired. 
Witten's laughing all the way to the unemployment office. And while there's no lynch mob yeti, people who seriously seek the elusive creature will put away their DNA tests and are testing different types of rope. Apparently the joke's not over, either. The comics website claims that we haven't heard the last of them. Quote, on October 31st, 2008, all eyes will be on BigfootTracker.com. Are you ready to be turned upside down? Maybe they'll put a photo of the ape suit from the back on their website. Who knows? One final note, for a mere $449, you can own your own Sasquatch from TheHorrorDome.com. Now, from a big fishy story to a big fish story. Fish assaults teen, fish not charged. Little Rock, Arkansas. In this fish story, the big one got away, but not without leaving its mark on an Arkansas teenager. 15-year-old Seth Russell of Crossett, Arkansas was tubing on Lake Chicot when a flying silver Asian carp catapulted from the water and gave him an impressive right cross that any boxer would envy. The blow to the face left Seth unconscious and with a broken jaw. Seth had to have his jaw wired shut and has experienced a painful case of whiplash. I'm sure when this poor kid woke up in the hospital, he asked, Did anyone get the license of that car that hit me? We'll be right back with Kim Sheridan after these messages. Now, time for something really scary. A word from our sponsors. Paranormal pets will reappear before you can say Bigfoot. Don't run away. Pick up something unique at a Bone to Pick dog boutique. A Bone to Pick has cool hip fashions for big and small dogs that will have their tails wagging in style. Cat products too. A-B-O-N-E-T-O-P-I-C-K.com. Check out our eco-friendly pet products and gifts for humans too. A-B-O-N-E-T-O-P-I-C-K.com. Get your pet's mouth watering monthly with our Gourmet Treat of the Month Club. And join a Bone to Pick's free birthday club for your puppy. A-B-O-N-E. Dash to dash P-I-C-K dot com. Pick up something special for your best friend at a bone to pick. A B O N E dash T-O dash P-I-C-K dot com. Get 10% off with coupon code PetLife. Hey, all you dog stylists, are you on the cutting edge of canine design and shaggy chic? Groomer Has It on Animal Planet is now casting for season two. Groomer Has It is looking for competitive dog stylists with amazing personalities to compete to become Animal Planet's top groomer. $50,000 grand prize for the winner, plus weekly compensation for all contestants during filming. If you have what it takes to be the top groomer, then audition for Groomer Has It today. For more information, contact Catherine at 310-727-3337, extension 71272, or email groomer has it at gmail.com Want to know what cats like to eat for breakfast? Mice Krispies, of course! Learn everything there is to know about cats on Catitude with your host, Tom Doc. Each week, we'll spotlight a cool cat breed, give up-to-date advice on cat health, and check out spiffy new cat products. So curl up on the couch every week for a perfectly enjoyable time on Catitude. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. 
you hear that? Our commercials have mysteriously disappeared. Paranormal Pets is back with our haunted host, our ghost host, Dusty Rainbolt. Welcome back to Paranormal Pets on Pet Life Radio. Our guest today is Kim Sheridan. She's earned degrees in psychology and hypnotherapy and naturopathy. And like so many of us, she's involved in animal rescue. I understand that she has a rat rescue called the Rat Refuge. She's had a lifelong love of animals as well as a lifelong interest in spirituality and what's on the other side. So Kim has combined her interest in her book, Animals and the Afterlife, published by KY Hay House in 2007. Kim, welcome to Paranormal Pets and thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Well, okay, let's start out. Do animals have souls? Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. It's funny, people always ask me, well, how do you know? And I say, well, basically, if we have souls, so do they, because the evidence is absolutely identical. And how do we know that? And what is, what is the evidence? Well, the evidence uh, takes a lot of different forms in uh, the realm of after-death communications and I've spent many, many years now researching this and, and looking into this myself. I, I started out as a skeptic, so I wasn't an easy sell on this. And I certainly wouldn't be presenting this information to the world in the form of a book if I wasn't first convinced on my own. And the evidence that I was able to uncover over the years is, is truly overwhelming. And it takes a lot of different forms. Okay, so there's the, the communications. Uh, what other types of forms? Does- okay, well... Yes, besides uh, animal communication, which has received a lot more publicity in recent years. Also, uh, mediumship, a lot of mediums, those who professionally speak with the dead and bring messages back, have, have gained a lot more acceptance in the mainstream in recent years, coming back with truly amazing information that they couldn't know. And many times they bring back information from departed pets, in either instead of or in addition to departed humans. And in addition to that, people who have had near-death experiences often come back reporting not only details that there's no way they could have known unless they were truly, you know, hovering above their body after being pronounced dead, seeing what was going on in the operating room or what have you, but then reporting back what they saw during their brief visit to the other side before their body was revived. Many of these people have seen departed pets and other animals, not, not necessarily pets, but just other animals in general on the other side and come back truly amazed not only by the experience, but also by the fact that there were animals there. Uh, I was able to look into a lot of these cases, but what I spent the majority of my research on uh, was basically the everyday people. You know, the guy next door who is kind of a skeptic or hadn't really thought of an afterlife. And after a pet or a friend's pet or even an animal unbeknownst to them has passed, they have received an after-death encounter, what many people would call ghost stories. But these aren't scary experiences at all. They're, they're beautiful examples to us that, my goodness, there's people on the other side, there's animals on the other side, and sometimes they come back to let us know, hey, look, I'm okay. And uh, didn't you say there's also reincarnation as well? Absolutely. And, and this is an area that I find truly fascinating. The number of stories I've uh, been able to compile in this arena have been mind-boggling. And the thing I find most fascinating is that it's not, this doesn't just happen to people who already have a, an, a belief in reincarnation. And although the majority of the world does, and even our more traditional religions in their original texts do include reincarnation until people in power edited that, those parts out because they didn't feel it was uh, in their best interest to keep it in there. But people who don't believe in it 
still have an animal come into their life after a previous animal has died, and by golly, they are absolutely convinced that is the same animal. They remember the other animals in the household. The other animals remember them, responding very differently than they would to a, a strange and new animal. Uh, they'll remember where their pets are. They'll sleep in the same place. They'll exhibit many of the same extremely um, unique quirks, behavioral patterns that only that specific animal had. And when people have this animal come into their life, they're usually not expecting it. And they're like, my goodness, it, it might sound like a nut, but, you know, my dog is back and this is the same dog. Well, now, didn't you have an interesting experience with donuts? <laughs> <laughs> yes. There was one story in particular that I found truly uh, sweet and heartwarming. And this was a, a very beloved horse who belonged to a woman who ran a horse rescue she, this woman was also an animal communicator, just very connected with animals. But when her, this particular horse passed, she was devastated. This horse had been just, you know, a real strong presence at, at her rescue facility. And he was there. This horse would often, the horse's name was Bubbles, because when he ate, uh, he would kind of make bubbles in the, in the water or the food. And he had a lot of unique patterns. He would babysit this, this young child of a volunteer who worked at the facility because he was so gentle with children, they knew that the, the child was safe being watched over by this horse. But the most unique behavior of the horse was whenever there was an event, they would have donuts for the, you know, like fundraising events and so forth. And the horse always managed to um, reach out of the stall. This was the only horse who did this and steal donuts because donuts were truly Bubbles' favorite food. <laughs> <laughs> so as eventually happens, uh, Bubbles eventually passed away, and of course the woman was devastated. Now she received messages that Bubbles would be returning to her, and she wanted to believe. But you know, even those of us who have had these experiences over and over, there's still that part of us that has, you know, basically one foot in the material world that is always going to be skeptical. And so she was, she wanted to believe, but just honestly didn't see how it would happen that Bubbles would come back as, as a as a young horse, because she ran a rescue, so it was very rare that young horses would come in and so forth. And um, long story, long chain of events, very magical chain of events. The stall that Bubbles had lived in was occupied by other rescues and so forth. But on a particular day, which had been basically predicted very unexpectedly, so a rescue was taken, and it was a pregnant mare with some babies. And long story short, the new baby was born in the stall of the previous bubbles, which just happened to be open on the day when this unexpected rescue took place. And this new horse, not surprisingly, displayed all of the same behaviors as the previous bubbles. But the thing, one of the things that was very fascinating was that this young baby who had been babysat by bubbles, the horse, was now old enough to speak and came back to see the new horses and didn't know the story, wasn't told the story. Of course, the woman thought everyone would think she was nuts. And the first thing that this young child said was, Mommy, it's Bubbles. Bubbles is back. And, you know, they always say out of the mouths of babes. And there, there was clearly something this very special child was tuning into. But the funnest thing of all was that the new Bubbles, who after displaying the same behavior became clearly Bubbles, would make Bubbles in the food and at the very first fundraiser and everyone thereafter reached out of the stall and somehow managed to steal the donuts. Aww. And that, that was truly a happily ever after. And just one of countless examples of animals who pass and come back to us in pretty remarkable ways. 
Now, you mentioned the near-death experiences. Uh, you also had a very fascinating, uh, chilling story in your book as well, didn't you? I had a few of those. Okay. Will my listeners find your book comforting? Yes, that was the goal. And, you know, even the chilling stories, as you mentioned, uh, and I'm, I'm trying to think which one you might be referring to, there were a couple. There was one where a woman had a near-death experience and received a message about animals and how we need to be treating them. And another woman who was a city girl and had a near-death experience, and while she was on the other side, actually saw farm animals, which was a real surprise to her because, you know, a lot of people have the idea that, oh, gosh, well, yeah, they only have an afterlife if they were somebody's pet. Therefore, the love of a human, you know, grants them permission into heaven. And there are many cases where, no, no, they're not pets. These animals earn a right to go to the afterlife on their own with or without us. And that's just, just, just a bonus. But the, the overall feel for the book, that of comfort, that was my goal. Because when I started with this work early on, I myself was grieving the loss of a pet. And back in those days, of course, I wanted to believe, but I really couldn't. It's like no one could tell me enough to convince me that I would see her again. And after many years of researching and receiving signs from her, amazing signs, and so forth, I became not only convinced, but more important, I became comforted. Truly, that, that sense of true comfort that you've lost someone, but it, it's goodbye for now, and it's not forever, and they're okay, and, and that comfort of knowing that whatever suffer, suffering they have may, may have been going through toward the end of their life, and suffering is common, not only, it's interesting, not only in the birth into this life, but basically in the birth out of this life back into the afterlife, Sometimes both involve a lot of screaming and yelling and some pain, but the truth is it's just a transition, and once they get there, they're doing just fine, so we can just let go of all that sadness and, and any guilt that we might feel about the condition they were in and know that, no, they're, they're doing great. They're doing just fine. So it's a message not only of hope but of comfort. That does warm my heart, knowing that you know there's going to be a whole bunch of them waiting for me. Now, we'll continue our fascinating interview with Kim Sheridan after we pay some bills. Now, time for something really scary. A word from our sponsors. Paranormal pets will reappear before you can say Bigfoot. Don't run away. Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in Paparazzi, candid pictures of you and your pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No, to my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. If you love your pet, you won't want to miss the Louisville Pet Lovers Expo, September 27th and 28th at the Kentucky Expo Center. Check out the latest in pet products and services from over 100 exhibitors. Meet adoptable pets from local shelters and rescue groups. 
demonstrations, and a pet fashion show. Plus, you can enter your pet into lots of fun contests with great prizes. It's all at the Louisville Pet Lovers Expo, September 27th and 28th at the Kentucky Expo Center. Go to LouisvillePetExpo.com for more. New York, the glitz, the glamour, the exciting Muttropolis, the sparkling kitty city that never sleeps. Join us each week for Pets in the City with your host, Diane West. Celebrity pet sightings, hot events, and news and reviews with the hottest movers, shakers, and tail waggers in New York. So take a bite out of a big apple with Pets in the City every week on demand only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Did you hear that? Our commercials have mysteriously disappeared. Paranormal Pets is back with our haunted host, our ghost host, Dusty Rainbolt. Welcome back to Paranormal Pets. We're visiting with Kim Sheridan, the author of Animals in the Afterlife. Tell us what else we can expect from your new book. Isn't that called Animals in the Afterlife 2? Yes, book 2 will be a continuation of the first book. And I won't give away any surprises, but the first book does leave readers wondering if a, a certain what's going on if a certain animal who's passed will be returning and and book 2 continues that journey and the and the what happens next. So it's it's not just a compilation of additional stories of the same genre, but I go a little bit more in-depth into different arenas. I, I kind of tiptoed around certain subjects in book one because I didn't want to completely lose my audience. <laughs> I figured that you know, I wanted people to warm up to the idea because it is out there. You know, it's accepted in our culture that humans have an afterlife, but it's, it's, uh, overall it's not accepted that animals do. We're still taught to look down upon them and, you know, we're the king of the land and they're there for our use and so forth. So there are a lot of those stereotypes we need to break uh, regarding animals. But in book two, I take a stronger stance, not only talking about the, the things we've discussed, near-death experiences, communicators, mediums, after-death communications, and so forth, but also reincarnation as far as between species. And that's very controversial. But there are many cases of animals who have passed and a new animal comes into a person's life who's not the same species. A dog may come back as a cat. A cat might come back as a rat. A human might come back as a cat. Pretty out there things, but these stories are pretty pretty darn convincing and absolutely fascinating. And, you know, I feel it's important for people to open, for all of us to open our minds and not accept anything blindly, but to truly look at all the evidence. And if we're told something doesn't exist, we have to consider the source. Sometimes it's truly ignorance. Other times it's arrogance. Other times it's perhaps a belief system that needs to be a little bit updated because uh, it's perhaps still a little bit in the dark ages. And um, that that's my goal is to really open minds and to expand hearts to include this belief system that's not only very extremely validated with evidence, but also comforting. And, and what's wrong with something that's not only true, but provides so much comfort to people who have lost someone who means so much to them? Well, that's when they need it most. So that, that sounds wonderful. Well, how did you become interested in animals in the afterlife? 
Well, as you touched on earlier, as a child, I was always into animals and doing animal rescue from a very young age. And I was also fascinated with the afterlife. I honestly don't know where that interest came from. It wasn't something fostered in my family. You know, I was raised uh, very in a very nice Christian family, raised with good values and so forth. And it was just something I was interested in, knowing where do where do we go next. And the funny thing is, as a kid, I never really connected the two really strongly, the idea of an afterlife and of animals having an afterlife. It wasn't until I was an adult and already had a career in a different field that I was brought back to this when a little pet rat, a little rescued rat named June, came into my life and stole my heart. And a lot of people say, a rat? And I say, yeah, isn't it interesting that the... the the catalyst for all of this was a creature who so much of our society despises, but she was truly a little ambassador, like a little Stuart Little. And she really just touched my heart. And when that little creature passed, a lot of people were sad to see her go. She had really opened a lot of minds to, to, and a lot of hearts to love all beings, no matter what form they take. And it was her passing that really got me into all of this. I, I fell apart. You know, I thought, okay, when I was a kid, I would fall apart when I lost a pet, but I'm a grown-up now. Well, I fell apart more. <laughs> and, you know, it was part of, it was in my healing journey that I started receiving signs. I started speaking with animal communicators. I was early into that back in those days. And um, I would receive messages from them from June that there's no way they could have known. In some cases, I didn't even know at the time, but was able to confirm it later, which therefore would eliminate the idea that they were even reading my mind. So I was really looking at it from every angle, you know, slicing this apart. What else could it be? What else could it be? And when I received uh, after-death communications from June, uh, at first, again, I thought, am I losing it? Am I seeing things? Am I hearing things? You know what I mean? I, I was always looking for another explanation. Does a grieving mind conjure things up to comfort us? What's going on? And it kept happening. And that's when I just started researching. And I actually put the word out around the world. And I traveled around. And I started just asking other people, have you had an experience that would suggest that perhaps there's an afterlife for animals? And that's when people started coming to me from all over and opening up and saying, you know, I've never told anyone this because I didn't want them to think I was crazy, but here's what happened. And they would proceed to tell me some sort of an after-death story. And these after-death communications take all different forms. It can be a sound. It can be hearing their bark or their purr or their meow after they've passed. It can be feeling them jump up on the bed at night. And then for a moment, just thinking, oh, they're jumping on the bed, and then having that flash of reality but wait a minute, this can't be happening. They, they died last week or whatever. Um, it can also take the form of a smell, smelling their, the scent of their fur, uh, feeling them brushing up against us is another very common way that parted animals will make their presence known. And what they're doing with all of this is they're letting us know that they're okay. Because here we are feeling so bad, so terrible, going through all the normal things that we go through when losing a pet. If we euthanized, we beat ourselves up saying we shouldn't have. If we didn't, we beat ourselves up saying we should have. You know, it's kind of a no-win situation that those of us who love animals put ourselves in at the end. What we, we need to remind ourselves of is that the animal is doing great. They're in their spirit body. They're, you know, they're not in any pain. They're feeling love and peace, and they're worried about us. And many times they'll hang around and check in with us to make sure that we're okay. And that's what oh. they want us to know. They're okay and they love us. 
I'm okay, you're okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, looks like we're starting to run out of time right now. Tell us where we can get your books. Well, there's a couple of different... It's in a lot of uh, nationwide bookstores. It's also at... Uh, the web's the best way to, to find the information on it is probably the main website, which is animalsandtheafterlife.com. Okay, and uh, tell us, uh, what is your website? Uh, a couple of websites, besides animalsandtheafterlife.com, also www.kimsheridan.com. That's great. Well, listen, I'm just warmed knowing that hearing your stories, it's, it's wonderful to know that there are other people out there that feel the same way I do. Kim, thank you so much for joining us today. I hope that you'll come back and visit with us whenever part two comes out. I would love to. and It's truly been an honor speaking with you about a topic so dear to my heart. I'd like to thank today's guest, Kim Sheridan, for visiting with us. And now it's time for Paranormal Pets Haunted Travel Guide. This week, we're going to visit the unsinkable cat at the Molly Brown House Museum. Now, most people have heard of the 1960s musical, The Unsinkable Molly Brown, starring Debbie Reynolds. But for our younger listeners who've never heard of Debbie, you and billions of others have met Margaret Molly Brown when you sobbed your way through James Cameron's 1997 blockbuster Titanic. Molly was portrayed by Kathy Bates. A little bit of trivia, her friends and family never called her Molly, they called her Maggie. Now, long before she ever set foot on the doomed cruise ship, Maggie and her husband, J.J., bought a three-story, 7,600-square-foot Victorian home on Pennsylvania Street in Denver. When the Browns purchased their home in 1894, it had electric lights, a telephone, indoor plumbing, and hot and cold running water. It even had an indoor bathroom and forced heat and air. Talk about luxurious. Molly was a philanthropist. Many charities benefited from her generosity, and she even founded the Denver Dumb Friends League, which was a term commonly used for a person or animal who couldn't speak for themselves. She loved animals, and it's not surprising that her cat would still be waiting for Molly. Now, nothing's really known about the cat except that he's been observed by museum staff and visitors, and this kitty has been waiting for her for almost a century. In a 2003 interview with reporter Anna Maria of the Coloradan, Carrie Adder, who was the director and curator of the Molly Brown House Museum, said, This time of year, that's Halloween, people always see a black and white cat here. Visitors to the museum sometimes notice the cat in or around a pantry. Today, Molly's home is haunted by several spirits, including the cat and her husband, JJ. Now, Maggie wouldn't let her husband smoke in the house. Now that she's gone, JJ's pipes and cigars can be smelled in the basement and the attic, even though smoking by those with corporeal bodies isn't permitted. Other phenomena includes cold spots throughout the house, doors that open and close, the sounds of footsteps in unoccupied rooms, and sightings of misty apparitions. Now you can learn more about the Molly Brown House Museum at mollybrown.org. It looks like we're out of time. I'd like to thank my guest, Kim Sheridan, and my producer for running the show. Don't forget to go to Kim's website, kimsheridan.com. And while you're at it, check out my award-winning book, Ghost Cats, Human Encounters with Feline Spirits, my website, DustyRainbolt.com, and if you're having behavior problems with your real living cats, read my book, Cat Wrangling Made Easy. Now, finally, if you've got a story about a paranormal pet, an animal haunting, 
a real-life Bigfoot encounter or other strange creature, or if you visited a hotel or public place that's haunted by an animal, you can contact me at dusty at petliferadio.com. Thanks for listening, and may you always be in good spirits. Pet Life Radio presents Paranormal Pets, where you can always expect the unexpected. Each week we'll discuss all aspects of weird or spiritual animal encounters, ghosts, totems, psychic animals, animal souls, animal angels, and animals in religion, with a little cryptozoology thrown in. Step into the supernatural world of pets with your Paranormal Pets ghostly host, Dusty Rainbolt, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs>